Welcome back, ladies and gents. We're back for our usual weekly pod, um, following uh, a couple of weeks off, um, where we've been sort of tied up doing a few interviews here and there. Um, but yeah, we had a few sort of successful ones, and we've got a few that are in the in the bag ready to release that are going to be coming out in the next week or so. Um, the Cameron Goff and Billy Joe Saunders one seem to go down quite well, lads. And um, yeah, fingers crossed that fight goes ahead because it's all up in the air at the moment. <laughs> but uh, fingers crossed it goes ahead and Bill gets the job done and comes back on and shows off his belts for us at some point. It would be nice. But um, yeah, and we've also got uh, the Ivor Heller interview being released later on this week, who's the uh, commercial director of AFC Wimbledon and the founder of the club, which was um, which was a brilliant interview. So yeah, that's, that's another good one to, to come out this week. But um, let's get sort of straight into the, the breakdown of the week's games that have just gone involving our clubs. Obviously, one of which didn't go ahead, but we'll get on to that. Going to be a bit of a short one involving my, my team because we had a bit of a, a gathering at my house this weekend which for the first time in God knows how long. And um, yeah, multiple beers flowed and... I must admit, I didn't show much interest in the Leeds Brighton game, lads. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a short one. But well, what happened, mate? <laughs> yeah, like, talk us through it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, so yeah, first game in is that. So Brighton two, Leeds nil. And from my point of view, talking us through it is, I spent fifteen quid on Leeds United to win because um, we were five to two before the game. I fancied that big time. Um, and thanks to the whole fucking social media blackout, cheers, Premier League. Uh, I didn't know Calvin Phillips weren't fucking playing until the teams came out. And I was like, oh, thanks for that. That's 15 quid down the fucking drain. Um, so I was immediately in a bad mood. And it wasn't helped by the first however many minutes of the game where we looked absolutely shite. Um, it's quite hard to sort of play football, I'd assume, for the boys when... You've been going into some big games and then you have to turn out against fucking Brighton. Do you know what I mean? It can't can't help. Like you, you're playing you're playing the Super League boys week in, week out, and then all of a sudden you're going to Division Four club. Can't can't be ideal for, for the boys to prepare for, but one of them. But um as Brighton Very turned up, it's their, it's their cup final week, Brighton. Apparently at the start of this season, they were all giving it the big and on Twitter that we're their rivals and this, that and the other. So, for some reason, because they held on to a loan player that we had on loan in the Championship, he wouldn't get in our team now. Um, apparently, they're big rivals of us. But, uh, yeah, enjoy your relegation survival fight this this year, guys. Um, yeah, just one of them, isn't it? But, um, Taking it well, wasn't he? Taking it well, Phil. Yeah. Fantastically. <laughs> Bitter. <laughs> Bitter. But, um, but yeah, yeah it's, to be fair, a bit of an irrelevant game. Nothing to play for for us. Good goal, though. Showed if look, if we'd have won it, we'd have still had a glimmer of hope of pushing the top seven, but it was never realistically going to happen. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much just sealed our season is going to be like between that sort of ninth to 11th, Arsenal Villa and Arsenal fighting it out between us three, really, for, for positions. But, um, you've got to be happy with that, though, oh, buzzing, yeah, 100%. But it's, it's quite frustrating when you've gone through the whole season. Where pretty much every game's been quite exciting. To now it's like, oh fuck! Like losing that now is sort of like a bit deflating. Yeah, there's no like glimmer of hope for us to sort of go. Oh, maybe if we win this, like 
we've got a chance of catching Tottenham or whatever. Now it's sort of like, ah, oh, well, season's over, really, um, which is a bit annoying. But yeah, it's just one of them things, isn't it? Like you said, I'll, I'll take it. It's been it's been a good season for us, but it just it just again highlights how much we miss Calvin Phillips when he don't play. We're just not the same outfit without that boy. He's so vital to everything we do. Um, and again, there's a few weak links uh, that I can't see sticking around for much longer, really, in, within the first team anyway, like Tyler Roberts. Um, as much as it pains me to say, Matthias Click, he just hasn't been the same since about three months into the season. Um He's been one of my favourite players over the last few seasons, but he just doesn't seem the same anymore. Um, to be honest, three seasons under Bielsa has probably taken its toll on him now. He's, I think he's 30, 31. He's probably just, I suppose, burnt him out and he's getting to that stage in his career. He's had a bit of a niggly injury and he, I don't, I can't see him really recovering to the stage, that the level he was at at one point. But um, all in all, just disappointing game, really, against Brighton. Don't think we really showed up. Um, but, yeah, not really too fast. It's just one of them. We move on, really. Um, I don't know if you boys have got any opinion on it. I don't think you were taking as much notice as me, really. We was all too yeah. busy chatting shit. I and was, food I and was just waiting. Yeah, I was just waiting for the jerk, mate. That's what I was worried about. If, yeah. For if anyone watching or listening, that's jerk chicken, not a hand job. <laughs> that come later that was after because <laughs> when you slept with Greg mate yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, like, yeah go on like Greg was saying yeah I thought Welbeck's goal was top draw to be fair I thought I mean oh. yeah took I mean, it well he did take it well I mean poor old strike <laughs> he didn't know where to go didn't he poor fucker he just <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, yeah. I, I, again, I did, yeah, I didn't watch the game. I was just too. I wanted to get pissed and eat food. To be fair, I was munching crisps and Dor- Doritos and nacho sauce. Lovely. It's one. It's a weird one. Yeah, like I never ever watch Leeds either in a pub or with friends or whatever, unless I'm at the game. Like, because I, I like to concentrate on the games. You know what I mean? And when when there's other, you just can't do it. And if anything, it was probably a blessing that that was the game that everyone come over for because I was quite happy to just go off when, yeah. when uh, Welbeck put that second goal in. It was like, okay, yeah, turn this off. We put FIFA on that. He's got about a strike rate of one in 50 and all. So, yeah, it was definitely time to turn off when he produced that. <laughs> about, about, that about as quick as Welbeck turned, Tell done that with the telly straight to yeah. FIFA, mate. Off he goes. Yeah. It was better than early on in the season when McTominay put the second one in and the controller went snap instead. <laughs> was, uh, did you do that, did you? Yeah, snapped it straight in half, threw it on the rug and walked out the, out the door and Hannah was sitting here like, you all right? <laughs> Not really. Stuck with football and it can't turn it over. I had a little five-minute breather, having a little walk and then come back in and compose myself. It was 4 nil down. Was that? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> fucking nightmare that was the same day that the hole came in in the wall it just appeared after oh. I don't know I, didn't, I there. didn't notice that actually but I didn't want to ask any questions yeah that was um, I think that, that might have been the third yeah, or the fourth went in and fist through fair play, fair play. yeah no shit happens um <laughs> but um, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just one of them, isn't it? Shit oh. <laughs> but um, yeah, that sort of brings that game to an end because I can't really break it down much because I'm not really taking any notice. Sorry, guys. But uh, it takes us on to um, the next the next game, which was the following day. I don't know how much notice you boys took because if it was anything like me, you were hanging out of your ass. Um, so uh, Newcastle nil, Arsenal two. Um, Matty, we'll start with you, mate. Well, it wasn't actually that bad, to be fair. So I did watch the game, but um, I'm sure as Dave, when, when it goes on to Dave, he'll say the same thing. It was pretty much felt like it was an end-of-season game going through the motions. I thought it was important for us to pick up points there on the road, but I can't say the game was that exciting, uh, to be honest. I just thought we'd done, a, done what we needed to do. As soon as we got the second goal, it was just basically just keep ball, really. Um I was pleased to say on NA when he scored because he doesn't get many and he doesn't get many starts either. But I forgot he existed. Yeah. I'm not sorry, he's now I was like, hey, eh? he he's, right. he's done all right. He's, he's been about with Arteta, like he loves him. Huh? He loves he loves him, doesn't he, Arteta? He's well, always been about. I think he well, if you look at the other two players, I mean obviously Jack is filling in at left back. And I have to say, on the whole, I don't think he's done a bad job at left back, but it's quite <clears throat> mystifying how we don't have another left-footed player that can play there in the Premier League squad. That is worrying. But, David Luiz, he's got two left feet. Uh, yeah, he got injured again. So he, he could be out for the rest of the season, apparently. Come back, first game back, and his hamstring's gone. So he's, he's out. Um, but yeah, he's for Martinelli. Um, I just don't know how he doesn't start games. I don't know what obviously Dave will have his say in a minute, but the geese is just a bundle of energy, he doesn't stop running, doesn't stop working. And that cross he did for Aubameyang's finish was absolutely fanta- fantastic, in the words of Harry. Um, great finish by Aubameyang, and still for me, still, I know he's obviously just come back from malaria, so he's not a hundred percent, but I thought he played, I thought he played all right. But it was a great finish and we just did what we needed to do. And happy that we got the points, to be honest, because I think that was the first win in like five or six in the Prem. So, yeah, I'll take that. Fair play, mate. Um, what about you, Dave? Yeah, same as really. It wasn't really um, a game that felt like it had a lot riding on it. The, the little run Newcastle just been on a sort of um, giving them that element of safety where I think they feel they've done enough pretty much now. So, kind yeah. of it says it all, Dave, that they rested their best player in Joe Linton. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, stop it. Stop However, though, <laughs> <laughs> like, Joe Willock couldn't play either. Did you see their four yeah. into the game, though? Was that? They picked up some points at some big places. Like they, got yeah. draw they did. The few last-minute equaliser. Oh. Joe Willock um, had a big part of playing that. Joe Willock, yeah. Good, to be good. fair, he's he's been a pretty shrewd signing from them. Um, yeah. he, he's, he's had some real vital contributions and it, it came at the right time that Sam Maximan and Wilson sort of came back into their team when they really needed them. Yeah. And I think it was clever from New, Newcastle really to, to come in for him because it wasn't sort of... Sometimes you get these players who they're, they're just not playing a lot and they think, oh, they're from a club supposedly higher than us. Maybe they'll add a bit of quality. With, with him, it was more than that. It was like he had a point to prove. Like, when he's playing from, obviously, he's on loan. So, yeah, he's obviously playing for Newcastle, but he's playing for himself as well to prove that he can hack it at that level. So, everyone's a winner, really, because 
sometimes when you play, obviously Arsenal don't have it easy by any stretch um, a lot of the time. But when you play for a team with a lot of possession um, in certain games, especially in the Europa League where we're dominating most games, some of these players can get away with not doing the hard yards and, and just being used to being on the ball all the time. It's, it's, it's good from an Arsenal point of view that Willick's gone to a team like that because you can see the benefits from Smith Rowe playing at these other places like Huddersfield where you, you've got a graft and you're fighting in the trenches to, not even to, to win, but just to survive. So it can only be uh, a good thing for him, especially that he's had a good part with, with the goals he's come up with. So that's um, definitely a positive um, all round, really, that one. But um, not that he would have played anyway, but the, the whole, yeah, like I said, Newcastle seemed a bit flat. Um, we played all right, um, not amazing, but just better than Newcastle and we, we just took our chances. <coughs> um, the, the goal within four minutes for Milneny just settled the nerves and basically Newcastle really didn't have an answer. Uh, later, we didn't have loads and loads of chances, but when it, when Aubameyang got one, he, he put it away, which was good to see. And just echoing what Matt said there about Martinelli, it's just, it is mystifying why he's not playing more because uh, when we've looked at our best this season, we've had Tierney on the left. And most of our attacks have come from that left-hand side with Tierney getting to the byline, delivering balls with uh, with uh, quality into the box. And when he hasn't played, we've really missed him. But you could see in that game, when Martinelli plays there, even though he's right-footed, he still gets a lot of quality in from that left-hand side. And he's just a problem. Like He doesn't look like fun to play against. And I think we should have used him, or Arteta should have used him earlier in the season to solve a few problems, whether it is out wide on the left or whether it's, it's through the middle, he, he, he can answer a lot of uh, problems that we have in terms of creativity and um, energy up front. So yeah, coming out of this, I want to see him, I want to see him play at start in that semi-final. That's uh, going to be really important for us. To do. I thought, especially, yeah, I agree with what you say. There's, there's a lot of times in games when we were level or we needed something to spark, to change. And you're looking at the bench thinking, surely he's got to bring him on now, last 20 He's just been left on the bench and not even come on. That just like I'm saying, as David just baffles me. I don't know if yeah. I don't know if he knows where he wants to play him. Does he want to play him central? Does he want to play him wide? I don't really know. I think the problem, like the problem as such, like he's very versatile. He could play oh, yeah. left of a left of a three, right of a three, up front. He, well. he could even play in the ten. Like, yeah. and I think sometimes when you've got a player that can do that, and he's breaking into a team, yeah. it can leave a manager in a bit of a quandary as to where do we put them? Do you know what I mean? Like, do we throw him through the middle? Do we put him in the 10 or do we throw him out wide? And it can it can almost benefit a player at that age to have one set position where it's like, it, like I, I play left of a three, for example, and it's like, right, that like that's where you're going to bring him in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that could have yeah. almost held him back in a, a little bit in terms of that. Um, and but you, you can like, still step through certain positions to get to where you want to be. Like, but it's it's just surprising because you look at Saka and it, his development, the way they've handled that's just been perfect. Like the way yeah. they've drip fed him into the team, then he established himself at left back with having loads of battles, um, pressure at left back. Then he moved forward to like a like a, the wing, and now he's an out and out forward, and, and that's his position. So much so that when we are gagging for someone to play at left back, he's reluctant to bring him back there. Yeah. So, because you lose of that going so, forward, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So with Martinelli, I know he's never going to play as a fullback, 
but yeah, certainly have a run in the team on the wing and then be and establish himself as a as a forward on that left hand side because mm. even for a young player he's very disciplined with his positioning. Like if you see that particularly that game, he, he doesn't get sucked in field because he's not got the ball for a while. He stays right out wide and gives us that width. And when you've got someone like Smith Rowe who loves having that bit of space in the middle, it just helps other players play when you've got someone who's got the discipline to stay that wide. And yeah. I mean, it's easy to say, but I, I do think we should just build the team and play the young players. It's Saka, Smith Rowe, Martinelli on the pitch at the same time. You've got a chance. Yeah. Uh, what, while we're on the subject of Arsenal, boys, um, what, what's your thoughts on this whole takeover speculation with the guy from Spotify and 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 like the Arsenal legends that he's got got in like behind him by all accounts because I see something today I haven't really read into it but I see something about Thierry Henry was saying that he by all accounts pushing it and yeah apparently the Arsenal supporters trust have had positive conversations moving forward that the Cronkays are going to look at the bid. This is if you believe what you read, but every everyone's got a price, whether it's for a player, a club, mm. whatever it is. So it all depends. It all depends on what he's willing to accept to move it on. But maybe having a fresh impetus in terms of having a fresh pair of eyes and a bit of a different structure at the top will help us move forward because we haven't moved at all forward under the Cronkies. We've no. got not prepared to put any of his own money in the club. He's just milking whatever he's getting out of it. But, you know, the club will end up devaluing more and more and more the longer they stay in power, in my opinion. And if this Eck, who is an Arsenal fan, apparently, if if that is the case and he's got the club's best intentions at heart, then why not let him have a conversation to try and take over the club? Yeah. I can understand it's been a positive move, but... We, yeah, we, like I, I, I don't know what you think, Dave, but like from like an outsider looking at it, he might just be another Cronky, for example, and doesn't yeah. really know too much about the football side of things. But it can only be a positive when he's getting in touch with your likes of Vieira and Omri oh, course, and yeah. Burkham yeah. and getting them on board because that might be him even saying, "Look, I don't really know the club as much as I would like, or as much like." As 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 it, the fans would want or would be ideal, but you three do. What what can the I do? In, yeah, the, the thing that's encouraging is is we've been saying for ages we, we need a change. The Cronkies they're not interested in football. They're not interested in Arsenal. They just want to have this little money maker just keep churning the, the pound notes for them. But so we wanted wanted a change from like one of these owners who actually cares about football. But this seems to be going even one better. He's, he's someone who likes football but he's actually supposedly a lifelong Arsenal fan always supported the club always loved it there's stories obviously it could be a load of rubbish but there's stories that he he sits there watching games on his laptop while he's at work and so he, he never misses blah 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 but it, it sounds encouraging that he does care about the club and it's not just like he wants to obviously he's going to expect a return on his investment but it sounds like he's getting involved because he's just a fan who is sick of it and can do something about it um and the fact, like you just said, the fact that he's got these legends who are throwing their names and their weight behind it, when a lot of the time they don't say too much, um, sort of shows that it's probably is very serious proposition and they believe in it. Like, after the ESL thing, Henri basically come out and said how he disapproved of, of it all. And he said that he'd been reluctant on speaking out against the Cronkies because he didn't want to say anything that would damage the club. 
But he said now this whole thing has made him realise that football is for the fans and the clubs are for the fans. And he is a fan. He's an Arsenal fan. So he's doing his bit to say that it's, it's not right and put his weight behind the Daniel Ek bid. And from the sounds of it, it sounds like the guy's serious. Apparently he's already gone and got the, um, whatever you do to uh, approve that, that someone's got the, um, the funds to approve the funds in that year. Apparently he's done all that stuff. He's planning on making a 1.8 million bid uh, as an open opening bid. 1.8 million? Billion. 1.8, sorry, billion. Did I say million? Yeah, I was going to say, fucking hell, that's cheap. Well, we are shit at the moment, but you know. We're well, um, chipping together, boys, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently he, he's offered, going to offer about 1.8 billion. And the Cronkies have said the standard, oh, we're not, um, club's not up for sale under any circumstances, blah, blah, blah. But people in business are saying that, well, that's what you say to keep the price high. But apparently yeah. what's coming out now is unofficially Arsenal's been up for sale for about two years. That's definitely up for sale. For that amount of money, like no club gets sold at that at that price. Yeah, so like, apparently that Arsenal over the last two years have been, he's been basically saying if someone can offer around 1.7 billion, now listen, he's talking about offering 1.8 billion as his opener. So if your opening bid is 1.8 billion, then what are you prepared to stretch a bit further? What's so, 100 million between friends? Yeah. <laughs> so to, to be honest, I, I can see it happening, to be honest. If he it basically it comes down to if he's going to offer enough money, and it sounds it's like about the end of the day, though, isn't it? It's about nothing less. Yeah, and the other thing is from the start, apparently he's been uh, he's spoken to the Arsenal supporter um, groups, and has been uh, and has basically said he is open and more than open wants there to be fan ownership involved, whether or not it's going to be exactly like this fifty one percent model that the Germans have. Um, I'm not sure, but. It sounds like he, part of the whole thing is that he he wants the um, Arsenal supporters to basically have a voice in, in running the club and everything like that. So, I mean, if yeah, right. I'm, I'm hearing nothing but positive so far. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, fingers crossed it happens um, like we hope it will and turn well, out like we hope it will. Might be out of stream Arsenal games on Spotify and all lads. Well, <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> You're right, on it? <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that, like it sounds sounds positive, mate. You, you, you never know. They always sound positive at, at first glance anyway, don't they? Yeah. And, and I'm not even funny. He can't say, it's, just, it's so easy for someone to come in now and say he wants to buy a club. These these big six are in such a state at the moment with what their owners have done. Anyone coming <laughs> in, they you can say, you know what to say and you're going to have all these people on your side by the, you know what I mean? Just, I want to buy the club. You know, all these little things. So yeah, You'll never get it cheap as well. You probably won't ever get it cheaper. They're looking like there's a good massive chance they're not even going to be in Europe. They're so yeah. low on the table. The opinion of the club is really is, is the lowest it's been for, for decades. If you are going to buy it, now now's the time, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's true, mate. Something needs something needs to happen. Any Arsenal fan can see that. So obviously there's only four games for us left in the Prem and the summer is huge. In terms of investment, do we is our would Arteta stay as manager? I mean, ask me after Villarreal on Thursday, and we'll, we'll see what we're saying then. But get Emery um, back in after that. Good evening. Good evening. Um, good evening. Good evening. Um, but yeah, I just think obviously the game against Villarreal is 
well, it's season defining really because we're not playing for anything else. So it's just a huge couple of weeks, few weeks for us now in different aspects for the club. But I don't even know if the Europa League saves his job, to be honest. If you look at over, if you look at over the course of the season, come on, mate, ninth, tenth. Yeah, but you get Champions League then. Yeah, well, that's the only yeah, but that's the only thing that saves him. But realistically, are we going to beat you in the final if we play you in the final? I can't see that happening in a mother of Sundays, mate. We'd our, have fans play, are, our fans are pretty protesting. Get cold off. Don't worry about it. Huh? <laughs> our fans are pretty kick up a stink and the game will get cold off. Don't worry. Yeah. You'll, win, you'll win by default. The other thing <laughs> you've got to look at it as well is how many managers that are currently in place um, survive when a new owner comes in? Mm. Very few. So if that did go ahead, they might want to bring their own man in as well. Do you know what I mean? You just you never know. It might even be a fucking Omri or Vieira if oh, they've got them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's... opinion's still a bit divided on Arteta. I think a lot of other clubs of our stature, he wouldn't have got the time that he's got, especially the way it was going in you know November, December when we were just fucking losing every mm. week. I mean, we needed a relegation zone at one point. It was worry. It was worrying times. Obviously, we strung a few wins together and went up the table a little bit. But all in all. It's been a very unsuccessful season, hasn't it, really? You can't say it's been a success in any way, shape or form. So, yeah, anything we've got left to play for. So, Well, well let's, um, let's sort of move on anyway, boys. The, the game that never was. Um, Man United-Liverpool. Uh, obviously, like, Greg and Kyle would usually be sort of breaking down this, but it was a bit of a shambles, really, lads, wasn't it? Let's be fair. Like... Um, Nothing we, to report, yeah. Yeah, no, there's <laughs> nothing to report game-wise, but what were, your, what were your sort of, like, in, in short term, because I, I'm no doubt we're going to go on to this when it gets to baller of the week, donkey of the week, because this subject will more than likely come up. Um, but what were your sort of thoughts, like, as it was happening? Because it was... Bit of a weird situation, really. Like we, we, we go with we go with you first, Kyle, because it was your boys at home. So, um, and it was your boys that got it called off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I was all doubts. You know, I was a bit hanging. I, all all doubts. Was looking forward to the game. <laughs> it gets to half past four, and I mean, I, I had a little nap before. And I've set me alarm, and I kick off delayed. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake! I mean, I get why they're doing it. I do get why what they're protesting about, but you hear, you hear a lot of the pundits say it was, it was a peaceful one. I'm sorry, to, to break into a stadium and throw flares at, pundit, at, at the pundits, I mean, that's not peaceful. That's not a mate, peaceful protest. Mate, his eye open, I don't know. Yeah, it's, that's not peaceful. You didn't need to do that. It, just, it didn't need to be that way. And you've got the game about, like, caught, like you know, abandoned. What, 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 like, surely that was not your intention protest, yes, scream your fucking answer. I get that. I want the Glazers gone. But what they done for me is wrong. They went yeah. about it completely the wrong way. Like, there's a way of doing it. Like, look, at, look at the Leeds-Liverpool game the other week when the whole ESL thing went off. That was the way of doing it. Liverpool fans and the Leeds fans got together and they made their opinions heard outside the, outside the ground. But you do it in a, in a sensible manner. Like... 
Yeah. Do you know, and that, that's rare for a Leeds fans to get on their aisles about being sensible. But come on, like that was silly, wasn't it? Really? It was mad. Just vandalising their own stadium, literally, just chucking stuff all over the gaff. I mean, I'm just, what are you doing? And yeah, I just, I, I, honestly, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I was a, again, I, I do understand it, but I don't agree with what what they've done. And I, and I, I know it's the minority, but in so many cases, throughout everything. The minority do ruin it for the majority, but yeah. that was that's that's what it was for me. I just think it just was not needed at all. I just think you're fucking well done and ruin my fucking afternoon anyway. <laughs> um, Matty, before we come to you, because I know you want to um, come in on this, but we we we'll just ask Greg what what his sort of thoughts were from the Liverpool point of view. Oh, mate, to be honest, a, a bit like I can't. I, I was sitting there and waiting. And then they see delayed, and then I'm not. That I saw that they cleared it. They pretty much cleared the stadium. All right, there was you know, there was a breach into it and that. But once you clear the situation, surely that the players they could have sprayed it and got it all done. We could have played the game, surely. But I don't know. They're saying that we they messed with the you know the preparations. They'd already eaten, and then it was going to be too late and shit like I don't know. Too many reasons, but it's just. Madness for what went on, like absolute madness. And what, what did that camera ever do to that geezer? <laughs> Boy, they ain't fucking cheap, mate. Mate, what, on what was, camera. What was, it? <laughs> what was his problem? Oh, fucking matey over there. Fucking. Uh, funny. Thing is, it's not man. even Man United's camera. That'll be the, the camera crew. Some camera. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's prick. Some <laughs> bloke who's having his lunch before the game. He's come out. His camera's smashed. Where's my tripod? What are you? Where's my tablet? That is the most pointless thing ever. This will show them. <laughs> yeah, oh. shall I? Have that glazes. You're like, fuck. No. Nah. I mean, if I got on the pitch, I promise you now, all I'd be doing is fucking picking up a football and, sh- and getting in it in the net. I'd be like, I, mean, I think there's fucking well, 70,000 people in there. Off the back of that, there was a couple of fucking fantastic moments. So I just want to bring them alight. So there was one, which was Matey, who I've seen... Like a compilation video where they show you remember the Rooney overhead kick, yeah, yeah. off his shin. So it shows that. So it shows the cross. It shows Rooney going up, and it shows some fucking fat mank bloke who broke into the stadium, and his mates throwing the ball up, and he's done the overhead, <laughs> and he's shown that. And then the other honourable mention is matey who's sitting on top of the net giving it a oh, big. And some bloke has just fizzed one in the top bins from fucking 30 yards and pinged him onto the deck. <laughs> yeah, I see that. That one was quality. Uh, fucking oh. outstanding. I must admit, when I see that, it was like, I had to applaud it. It was fucking superb. Like you said, if it was all, if it was all that grandkids sort of stuff, anyway. Yeah. Um, if it was all that sort of stuff, it would have been cool. Like, people would probably be, be laughing about it. But when... To, to go and stop smashing up like hospitality areas and, and going into dressing rooms. I think that was the main reason it got called off is because the they was, uh, belongings and they, it was not COVID secure anymore. The, the best thing ever would have been if they just played a match. The people that got on. Yeah. Shirts free skins or something. Like, <laughs> the fat blokes against fucking... <laughs> 70 versus 70. Yeah, <laughs> just fucking, fucking brilliant. And Robbie's left the Those you were born in the first half of the year. <laughs> Those you bought in the second half of the year. <laughs> I should have just telegraphed oh. that. I'd have watched it. 
<laughs> but um, no, it, it was a shambles. It was it was mad. We'll come to you, Matty, because you, you, want, you wanted to yeah, say something, mate. I just wanted to ask Kyle. I mean, I'm not really aware of what the situation is with the Glazers and Man United and the relationship behind it, but I managed to catch a bit of Sky Sports News during my lunch hour today. And basically, what that Cavalier, uh, that Cavalier, uh, is it Cavalier Sokolev, whatever it's called on Sky Sports? Yeah. Sokolevsky. It sounds like a dodgy vodka, doesn't it? Um, yeah, what he was basically saying is that, or if I caught this right, I just wanted to clear this up. So the Glaziers had borrowed money against Manchester United, like a mortgage. Yeah. Um, but they weren't paying the money back themselves. They're using revenue that the club has made to pay this money back. To pay the yeah. debt off, yeah. And that's why it's so controversial, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't realise any of this. Ain't they paying something like 80p to the pound or something? It was something crazy. And I was, I was sitting there, I was scratching my head. I only had about sort of five minutes to sort of digest that. And I was like, no wonder the Man United fans are pissed off. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe yeah. it. Especially a, an institute of like what Man United is. Let's get it right, whether you like it or not. Biggest club in the world, I, I think, bar maybe like Real Madrid or Barcelona. Um, I just wanted to know what you thought of that. And... Obviously, yeah, but no, but as well, I Simon Jordan picked up on a good thing earlier when I was listening to him. What has it actually changed for United? Listen, the, the thing is... More Norwich scarves. More Norwich, yeah. Cheers, Delia. Let's be having you! Listen, I do, I do get, again, why, they want, why the fans want them gone. I, I want them gone. But they're still, they're still allowing 80 million for Maguire. They're still they're still buying these players. Well, the yeah, thing they're spending eighty what? million on shit. <laughs> no, I know, but that ain't that's not all. That's not completely there for. Think... They they don't sit home going, I want Maguire. You know, the manager comes in with targets. They so listen. I'm I'm not defending them by any stretch, you know, any stretch of imagination. But sounds like you are, mate. No, I'm not. I want them gone. But that... Simon Jordan said, it's been, you know, you've been a bit lucky in terms of obviously. On the pitch, in terms of where you are in your league position, would suggest otherwise because you still spent what is it a billion pound on players in the last whatever it few well, seasons? That, we're I mean, second, I think. City, I think City, I spent about eight hundred odd million in transfers, I think, and then we spent about seven hundred and sixty odd. So we're not far behind City. So that's what I'm saying. Money is still being there to buy the players. Yeah. But obviously, with with what they're doing, you know how they are generally running the club. Yeah, that's what I, you know. Yeah, I suppose that's out, but... sort of must be a bit of a sore point with you guys is the fact that the noisy neighbours as such, it's not like they've come in and they're spending three times more than you. They're spending pretty much the same amount. And they're yeah. only up until a couple of weeks ago, we're on for a quadruple. You guys are on for like the, the, the fucking Vauxhall Conference of European football. Like that's all you've got in the back. Like, do you know what I mean? But realistically, like from a club of your stature... Yeah, to be spending um, the amount of money that you're spending and not really challenging for anything can't sit sit well. Like it's easy for other fans, like fans of like my club and other clubs, to go fucking away moaning. You're second in the league. You're in the fucking semi final in the Europa League. But when you're spending the money that the elite are spending and you're not challenging with them, and you technically should be with the stature of your club, it it can't can't yeah. be. Uh, no, and again, it's the facilities as well. You look at 
uh, growing up as kids, Old Trafford was like the pinnacle. Like it was just that was there, there wasn't no. There weren't even nothing close to it. Literally, there was mate. nothing. Weren't Ellen Road pisses all over it, mate. I don't know what you're on about. Maybe for noise, but that's about it. Um, but no, but like, you know, everything's dropped now. You look at all the Tottenham new state, all these, everyone else's facilities. The, the Glazers have got no interest in doing anything like that. So you just think, they're just, again, it's a bit like, you know, same as Arsenal. They're just not interested in the club. They're just in it. It's business, isn't it? It's a business, I, I, yeah. But I, I agree with what you're saying because if they if they were paying back this money, the other money that you would be making would be invested back in the team, would be invested into the club infrastructure, would be invested yeah. in elsewhere, youth development or whatever it is, and that's not that's not happening. So, yeah, it's got to be. And I think obviously in the era of Fergie, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, or what I would call grow, us growing up watching the Premier League. Doesn't it seem to you like all these clubs are under threat from one wrong move and the whole plug just gets pulled? Like, yeah. I can imagine that Arsenal would ever be in the position that they were now, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Matty, look at where we ended up. Yeah, so that's what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's, it's frightening. And I, don't, I still don't know how Leeds made it back. I mean... Mate, it took us 16 incredible. years. Yeah, mental. 16 Crazy. years. I, re- I remember having bets with people at school, yeah, when we got relegated, like fuck it, we'd be we'd be back in Champions League within three seasons. We'll we'll be back in the top four within this amount, like all of that. Sixteen years later, we're still outside the fucking Premier League. Like and get, during that time, went down to League One. If you it's get easily done, mate. If you get relegated, there's a serious chance that you're never coming back. Like a very serious chance because eight seventy five percent of your players are going to leave. And you've got to rebuild all over again. Yeah. You obviously, because of Leeds is a household name in terms of they are a massive football club and you made it back finally. But I mean, fucking hell, 16 years. I mean, Jesus. Mate, there's nearly two generations of football fans that yeah, don't that know of Leeds United as a big club. Yeah, absolutely. Which, for fans of like of my era and like yesteryear, like older than me, like my dad's age and yeah. like my granddad's age and people like that. For them, that would be mind blowing. That, yeah, that would be yeah, like yeah. the equivalent of in I don't know in fucking twenty years time, people not knowing of Arsenal as a Premier League club. Well, even SNS even happened to a certain degree. Like some people don't know how good Arsenal were. Like people yeah. who are of an of an age where they've only been watching football properly for say the last ten or fifteen years will probably have memories of Arsenal. Similar to Tottenham, like a good team playing good football, but not winning any trophies. And then now stuttering along, odd trophy here, odd trophy there, but not really doing a lot. And not actually realising they were, at one point, the best team in the country. The Invincibles, mate. Yeah, exactly. Some people have no memory of that. It's it's like so far in the past. It's like, what are you talking about? You can't live Liverpool before they won their trophies, their recent trophies. People would sort of think, what are you talking about? Liverpool, they're a dinosaur. What are you talking about? They're not a big team. But then you well, can't live off that forever. Back there. My, my whole life, literally, yeah. we, I'd, I'd seen us won a Coca Cola Cup, and then it weren't until like the two thousands that Julio came along, and we done the we done the treble, and then we've had the Champions League in between, and then obviously last year that that league was that was the one. But you again, I mean? for a club of thirty odd years, yeah, thirty odd years, not just English football, but world football for yeah. years. That's what I mean. Most of my life, I'd seen us in the league, time after time, close, close, close. Miroslav, 
<laughs> there you go. It's just <laughs> literally, mate, it's one. taken so long. And do you know what I mean? And lucky enough, like, my boy, he's seen it when he's eight years old. Do you know what I mean? He won't see it again. <laughs> you never know. You never know, mate. But at Greg, least he's Greg will have the Max out in about five years' time. He's done it early doors. Yeah. I've wasted 30 odd years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To a certain degree, what we're saying there about how these certain clubs have had their moment and they, they fall far away from where they were. And then uh, fans of that then present time can't b- believe that they were a big team. The same way as the people who were around then can't believe they're not a big team anymore. And I think yeah. that's what's happening with Man United. People are sort of going, oh, what are you moaning about? You spent nearly a billion pound. How many teams would love that investment? You're, you're in second place. But the truth is, they, they were like so stratospherically high. Oh, yeah. That this feels like so crap. And, and obviously, I know people can sort of turn their nose up and go, oh, well, you know, welcome to the real world of being a football fan or whatever. But it, it's all relative of... of of um, where you were at your height and the thing the fact is the Glazers bought the biggest football club in the world they were miles ahead of Real Madrid and Barcelona at the time and now they're not even the biggest in their city (laughs) now now they have they they had success in the years following where they won the Champions League again and won several leagues but after that they they would never they've never been as high as high high as they were in, in terms of being they still caught sort of as we still we still think of them as like what the biggest team. Yeah, you know it's, it says everything that you I start think of them potentially as the biggest team in the world where they are where they are. Like if I know Carl's loving this, look at his face. But, <laughs> He's fuming. I'm, 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 I'm loving. I'm loving what you're saying, Dave. He's fucking that scum. In the fucking. But it's true. Though. It's true. It's, it is true. I mean, Barcelona and Real Madrid. I know they're having tough times now, but. To Man United, it must piss them off with Man United still being spoken about in the same breath. But the fact is, if Man United were back at getting in Champions League finals, winning the Premier League, they, they would be regularly, regularly, they'll be they'll be all pissing all over Barcelona and Real Madrid. Getting in the Champions League would be a start. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> right, on Ollie's, that, Ollie's back at the wheel. Obviously, it, it, it never gets highlighted until someone's gone, but it makes what Wenger did even more impressive. The fact that when we when we bought the Emirates, we were having to sell our best player every single year. How the fuck he finished in the top four that many times in a row? I don't know. <laughs> to pay that, to pay that debt off and yeah, stay up there in it, where you need to be to keep the, the, the money coming in those top four players. Because I know everyone thinks, oh yeah, you know how boring is that finishing fourth every year? Some years, yeah. I'll take that right now. Easy, yeah, but but some years you look, it was, it was within a point goal difference. Sometimes they had to fucking fight to, to yeah, yeah, yeah. stay in there. I'm mate, I'm still adamant. I want him as the next England manager. I know, like it's a bit Bigger. of a yeah. I think it would be such a fucking shrewd move to get the get the guy in. I'm not surprised. I'm surprised he's not come back to manage, but maybe he's just had enough. And doesn't he work for FIFA now? Yeah, yeah. Capacity. Obviously, he's a, he's on. He's a pundit to some extent. I think as well, but. He's a good person to have high up in FIFA oh, yeah. to keep the kind of the morals of football and what it's all about yeah. like, in the right place. Fucking morals of football. He was a cheat for about 20 years when he was at your club. The fucking... Yeah, do you know what I mean? Get in the can't crowd, even, fella. I know what you're can't talking even, about. Can't even, can't even do a coat up. <laughs> <laughs> um, go on, Greg. You, you had something, mate. That was funny for you, actually. No, no mate, just back to that whole point, like... The thing is, obviously, how many, how many of our clubs now are 
wanting they're wanting their 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 owners out because of the you know this big six stuff. But look at how you've got to replace them. You can only replace them with billionaires. Oh yeah, and billionaires that are interested. Obviously, you've got one interested at the minute. Brilliant. If he can come in and change the ways, then fair enough. But it's like United fans doing that on, on the weekend. Our fans have done it. Chelsea fans have done it. If you want these people out, you need to you need to replace them with billionaires. So who is it? And yeah, are they're they not, they're not everywhere? Are they? are they going to be better? You know, yeah, they might be. They might be assholes for doing what they're doing, but on our part, you know, they don't just come along. And unless a better one comes along, who I don't know, we've got to see this out. It's not like years ago, is it, where you could just get sort of a <clears throat> a local successful businessman from Liverpool. No, it's, it's who's, gone beyond who's a millionaire that. who's got the club at Art. Yes, it's Liverpool gone beyond player. that. You, well you, beyond that. They can't run a football club anymore. It's too... It's too Big of a business nowadays, so it's, yeah, it's yeah, billionaire, now, literally. Unfortunately, and unfortunately, the tide has turned. Where I see it more, not more. I don't know if it's the right thing to say, more as a business than a sport, because that's what it's becoming. Well, like, you, like, you, like Greg said, there's, no, there's, it's become that, Matty. It's gone. Yeah, it's become that. Yeah, I mean, and that and that's sad, really, isn't it? They, yeah, it they, is. don't, they don't care about the football. All they all they care about is lining them pockets. Profit, turnover. How much money can I make? Take, Taking taking the dividends out of the club and, sh- and shit like that. There's only certain people of a financial status that can put in a bid to buy a football club. So it's it's yeah. worrying times, I think, for the game. In fairness, it, is. it needs a restructure from top to bottom. That's, the, that's the debate that you're that it, <clears throat> it, partly that you're not relying on some unbelievably rich benefactor. Yeah, we, every club's going to need that to some degree, but they want to see not just anybody. Run, run these clubs it needs to be someone with um, some sort of affection or care towards at least the game the club itself and then there's the debate about bringing in part fan ownership just to keep every, any, everything honest inside the in terms of where they're what direction the club wants to go in and, and you're right it's going to take something from a, a government level to, to to restructure it and yeah. it's in Germany so why can't it work here yeah, it's an interesting debate, boys, isn't it? It really is. But um, yeah, so probably something that we'll we'll no doubt speak about in in later episodes as well, especially sort of in the in the in the post season as we're going into the transfer market and that when we're going to be doing episodes, I'm sure that this will be sort of a, a big debate that we that we go through. You know what I mean? But um, let's sort of go beyond the game that never was, and we go into our baller of the week and donkey of the week. Um, so we'll just fly through our sort of nominations f- for for sort of each of them as we go. Um, I don't know who wants to start. If anyone, I'll tell you what. Let's go with we go with we, we go we go with the baller first. Um, and we'll we'll start with we we'll start with Greg and then Kyle to go after that. As you boys didn't have a game to even get behind this weekend. Um, we, we'll let you boys nominate first. It's only it's only fair. So, uh, Greg, we'll go with you first, mate. Who's your who's your baller of the week? Baller. Well, to be fair, there was there was a quite a few good. Don't you fucking dare mention a Brighton player. No, to be yeah. I, I mean that turn and, and finish <laughs> rolling back the years, wasn't it from Welbs? Um, Simply red. <laughs> but um, 
Aguero's finish was good. I like that. He, he come back and looked so sharp. It was unreal. Um, but, I mean, you can't really look past... Oh, Gareth, can you? Yeah. yeah. For the benefit of the audio listeners, uh, Greg's doing the old love art Gareth Bale celebration there. But, um, yeah, I mean, hat against a relegated team. Oh, mate, still... His, oh. his, his runs and that was decent and he's oh. he's got hat trick. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh, shit, um, Kyle, what, what about you, mate? <clears throat> I'm going to go for uh, Mr. Mikel Antonio just because, you know, I just think, yeah, West Ham, they needed the, you know, need the wins to gain into the last four games of the season. Now, they went behind against Burnley and he pulled them back and won them the game. So, good old Mikel. Fair play. Um DS. Um, yeah, I'm not choosing Bale. No way. Um, <laughs> I thought Havertz looked good after being left out. Um, got coming to the team and uh, he, he looked good. Two goals. Kai Havertz. First time he's ever been nominated for anything this season, unless it was Donkey, actually. Um, <laughs> Boyle? Yeah, it was actually a throw-up between Antonio and Havertz, but I decided to go with same as Kyle for Antonio because, I mean, West, in, in my opinion, I mean, West Ham fans won't like this, but I think they're punching well above their weight, West Ham, to be fair. Um, At 10 positions. His, his, his goals have just been... He, he looks like... I mean, he was good last season, but he, he looks unbelievable this season. When he's fit, yeah. The second goal that he scored... That was that was class. That was absolute class. The way you just nipped that and it just took the sting out of it. Oh man, what a goal! He is getting better with age. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's really good, and he is their hope of finishing in that top four. I think with Chelsea, they've got other players that can score goals. It can be shared the responsibility. I think West Ham pin a lot on Antonio <laughs> and him staying fit. Jay Links. Huh? What about Jay Lings? We're not talking about Man United loanees. We're talking about... <laughs> but yeah, obviously, Lingard's been massive for Man United and that was a great move for him. But I just think, yeah, he's the difference between them finishing in the Champions League position. So, yeah, he's turned up again and he's, he's got to get the vote, I'm afraid. Fair play. Well, I've got the deciding vote and... No pressure. Sir. Sort of. And I'm with Greg, mate. I've gone with, with, with Bale. Um... I know it's against Sheffield United and they're fucking shite and you've got old hecking bottom, whip ball, without ball. Um, <laughs> but... J.W. Pepper from James Bond. <laughs> We're good whip ball. We need to be better without ball. Um, shout out to Moscow White there from the Square Ball podcast. But, um, but yeah, I've got, I've got to go with Gareth Bale. His, his hat-trick was class. Um, yeah. Regardless of the opposition, he's still a, he's still bagging an hat-trick in the Premier League and it's... It was very fucking good. Antonio running close, I'll give him that. But uh, yeah. I think we're yes. Bale, which, which leaves us in, in a bit of a pickle here because Bale's got two votes and so's Antonio. And the only one who didn't vote for him is a fucking Arsenal fan. So I'd usually uh, go to you, Dave, for the deciding vote. And, I, and I've got him, haven't I? So, uh, yeah. Antonio or Bale for, for Baller of the Week, mate. We all know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> what up, Gareth? <laughs> no, Mikel Antonio. You fucking unbelievable that, isn't it? Unbelievable. <laughs> By the way, did anyone did anyone see Harry Wilson's um, hat trick? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, wow. 
all bangers. Their first one was just outside of the foot. Is he playing Cardiff? Yeah. No, I ain't seen first He's a decent hay. Good player. Yeah, he's got a bit about him. I don't know if he's going to get in Liverpool's team, though. No, not you. No, not for me. And then next in, boys, we're now going to move on to uh, to Donkey of the Week. Um, I'm going to go in with, with, with the first vote. Um, and we, we did speak about this off air before, Anne. And I'm going to vote for Man United as an entity. Purely <laughs> um, because more, more than anything, really, the, the security, it's fucking shambolic that a group of fat manks can break into a stadium of that like stature and get I'm on the serious. pitch before the a, a of, Premier the, League game and be theater. running around the fucking pitch. Like, what is going on? The theatre of dreams has teen rage bouncers. I mean, you know, do me a favour. Fucking embarrassing. Like Andy Tate swinging on fucking crossbars. Like, what's going on here? That's before a <laughs> Premier it, League game. Like, how high is your to... security? That's, that's embarrassing. So, Manchester United, the scum <laughs> themselves, are donkey of the week for me. Um, Boyle, what, what's your choice, mate? Honestly, I'm going to be give you an honest opinion. I don't have one. I've seen goals and highlights of some of the games, but there's nothing that sticks out for me to say donkey. So I'm just going to pass completely. It'd be unfair for me to cast a vote. So fair no. play. Um, DS. Um, yeah, it wasn't the easiest week, but I'm going to go for Fleck from <laughs> Sheffield United just for that step on his boat. It was just like. How, how did he get away with that? Yeah, yeah, that cool. you imagine he, if Brandon Jack had done that, Dave? Jesus oh, mate, he'd be banned from the league. He, he, it's yeah. like sometimes the player, their, their eyes go with the ball and they're distracted and then their foot or their limb does something and they look back and think, oh, shit, didn't mean to do that. But then he, he was looking at him, looking at him, he didn't have some of that and it just got away with it. It's just stupid. So, yeah, him, donkey. Fair point, mate. Um... Kyle. Yeah, it was a tough one, like if you'd have said. I mean, I've got to say someone, and I'm only saying this because Man United. Yeah, I'm gonna go Pascal Strike. Just for getting yourself. Just forget just for just to yeah, taking the L against Brighton after your impressive run and then just getting absolutely spun like that or absolutely see you later. So I honestly I couldn't pick one. I, 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 do you know what? Well, you I did. Feel bad. You just did. Yeah, yeah, you I, feel, just I feel I feel bad for doing it because, he, like you say, he probably didn't do a lot wrong. But I literally could not think of one of that. I'm certainly not going to pick Man United fans because although he was wrong, I understand it. Kyle. I'm so I'm so pleased I get to pass this to a Liverpool fan now. Greg, come on, mate. Who's your pick? Yeah, no, I was going to go with Pascal Stroit. To be fair, you fucking <laughs> no. Um, I'm going with the kid that fell off the net. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a Man United winner. That's a Man United fan. So, I take it it's going to, yeah, it's just Man United in general. Fucking idiots. <laughs> and I don't know if you saw. Well, I don't that's know if some fool, to be fair. That must have hurt. <laughs> do, you know, do you know when they stormed the, um, they stormed the ground? Did you see the, the one? Mick, Mick Hucknell was pinpointed third man in. Did you see it? <laughs> oh. Some some curly hair ginger gazer. I see the guy in his little zebra pants and the little the little like there's a little meme thing that's like a 
babe, I'm going to go and steamroll Old Trafford. Where's my zebra pants? <laughs> I've seen that. He's in the other geezer with his Tesco carrier bag. No, like, he's, on the, he's on the phone as well. He's got a Tesco carrier bag and his missus is like, don't make sure you don't forget the bread and the milk because um, <laughs> we need them for the morning. Um, and he's he says he's got like the meme is saying like yeah but I've got to store my old Trafford as well she's like it's fine just take it with you <laughs> and he's got the fucking carrier bag <laughs> oh, brilliant cool. wow but um yeah that that suits me anyway so donkey of the week is Manchester United which is the donkey of every week for me so yeah we'll have that and uh, Michael Antonio is baller of the week go on Michael. Well done, Mikel. Um, Hopefully, well done, future mate. Only Football Fans interviewee, Mikel Antonio. One day, we'll get you, son. Um, tag in. Yeah. Tag, tag, tag. Tag, tag, tag. Um, but, yeah, so that, that brings that to a close, boys. Let's just get our uh, our predictions for, for the upcoming fixtures. So, like I messaged you boys earlier, our predictions for a couple of weeks ago, I'm going to have to scrap them. Oh, man. Oh, bullshit. No, it's no, just no, one of them. Um. I reckon he forgot. It is just one of them things, to be fair. But like, because Matt where's the proof? Where's the proof that he sent Matt to get his predictions in? So I can't. It's not ethically fair if I proceed with the predictions of that week. With... Did you get any right, Greg? I don't know. Well, well it was only three games. So Arsenal, Everton. What was the score of that? One nil to Everton. Um, no one got that. No one got that. No, uh, no but I went two one. What, 2-1 Everton? Yeah, I went 2-1 Everton, I did. So I should have yeah, got two points. Yeah, but that's fuck all. Liverpool, Newcastle, what was that? 1-0, wasn't it? 1-1. I went 4-3. Uh, <laughs> no, no one got that. And Leeds, Man United, 1-0. No, 0-0. No, that was the worst game yeah, ever. 0-0. Yeah, it was 0-0, wasn't it? Muck. No, no one got that either. Yeah, that no, matter. There we go. Um, but yeah, we so... We're going to, to this weekend's um, predictions, boys. And first game in is the mighty Leeds versus Tottenham. So um, I'm going to go in first. And I'm going to go such a fucking hard one because I don't know if Phillips is about and I don't know if Rafinha's fit. Um, I'm going to say, I'm just going to go on the basis that they're both fit. And I'm going to go... 1-0 Leeds. Oil. Can't see anything other than a Tottenham win, I'm afraid, Terence. Um, I just think they'll have too much going forward for Leeds' defence. I don't think they'll be able to cope with the firepower that Spurs have. I'm going to narrow win for Spurs, 2-1 Tottenham. Yeah, we won't be able to cope with them. We only cope with Man United, Man City, Liverpool. But yeah. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see what happens. Come back next week. See what happens. What did you say? 2-1? Yeah, two on Spurs. Um, Greg, <laughs> where is it? Is it Ellen Road? Ellen Road, yeah. Yeah. Oh god, I'm gonna go with a Desmond. <clears throat> I was thinking Desmond. To be fair, I was thinking Desmond. Don't backtrack, Matt. You've made your bed picking the Tottenham, even though you're a gooner. Oh, I love my backtracking. Um, Jonesy, come on, mate. <laughs> Not allowed to have an opinion against Leeds on this podcast. By the way, for anyone who's listening, I'm glad you three, know that now. <laughs> three, three, one Spurs. And it's only because it's different. My 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 sort of scores I was thinking of was have been taken, so I want to say it different. Three one Spurs. Yeah, you've said it now. 
Three <laughs> one Spurs. <laughs> Dave. Um, one one. One all. I'm bringing home the points here. If we win, come on, get in. Right. Um, no, did you notice for anyone else who's listening that there was no negativity towards Dave's prediction because it wasn't a Leeds loss? Just <laughs> <laughs> standard, isn't it? <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Liverpool Southampton next. We'll start with you, Gory. I'm quite confident. I reckon we'll do these 3 1. Oh, straight in with a 3 1. Um, Dave 2 1 Liverpool, Kyle 4 1 Liverpool. Fucking hell, goals, goals, goals this week, boys. Foil. <laughs> 3-1 Liverpool. Ward, Ward Prowse is all over a pen in the 88th minute. I'm going to go 9-0 Liverpool. 9-0? Yeah, Southampton are due another one, so <laughs> I'm going straight in with a 9-0. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, oh, fucking hell. Villa, Man United. Jonesy. 2-1 United. That's Man United. Yeah, um, no, Aston Villa United, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave. Another 1-1. One, one. Sit on the fence today. Gory. Um, 2-0 United. Ooh, that's, I can't believe you're calling them United. Um, Boyle. The grown-ups. 2-1 United. I'm going to go seven nil Villa. I'm going to go nil nil. Absolute snooze fest. Nil nil. Um, next one, Arsenal, West Brom. We we'll start with you, Dave. Two nil Arsenal. Boiler. Three one Arsenal. We're bound to let in a goal from some stupid mistake. So yeah, we'll win. But yeah, couple of three one Arsenal. Greg? 2-0 Arsenal. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go one all because I think you're going to be preoccupied with the Europa League, to be honest with you. <coughs> um, Jonesy? 3-1 Arsenal. 3-1 Arsenal. Right, that concludes our predictions, lads, for, for the weekend. So, um, yeah, that sort of brings the episode to, to a close anyway, boys and girls. We're, um, like I said earlier in the episode, we've got uh, um, our interview with Ivor Heller, AFC Wimbledon um, commercial director and founder, which will be coming out. I think I'm going to release that Friday. Um, and then on Friday, we're actually recording our next interview with uh, Leon Constantine, um, uh, ex-League United striker, um, amongst loads of other play- loads of other clubs that he played for, and he's a current football agent as well. So, um, yeah, Leon seems a really good lad from, from speaking to him before our interview. And he's a mate of, uh, of Seb Carroll, who's uh, one of our, our, our boys from a previous interview. He's an absolute top man. So, um, yeah, if he's mates with Seb, he can't be going far wrong, lads. He's got to be a good boy, isn't he? But, um, 
yeah, oh, so yeah. we'll be, be releasing that in the next week or so as well once we get that recorded. But, um, yeah, and also this weekend, Saturday, obviously bearing in mind it, it might not be going ahead at the moment because of like, political reasons amongst Canelo's team and Billy Joe Saunders' team, but Billy Joe Saunders, who we've just had on the podcast, is, is uh, going across to Texas and he's challenging Saul Canelo Alvarez for... All the, all the belts at super middleweight, apart from one, actually, which Caleb Plant's got. But, um, yeah, so it's a unification fight at super middleweight. So, um, yeah, make sure you all get behind Billy Joe this weekend. And like I said, hopefully we can get him back on once he's, uh, he's Nick Canelo's belts from uh, his own backyard out there. It'd be good, eh? But, um, yeah, until next time, guys, thank you for, for watching on YouTube and thanks for tuning in on the podcast platforms. Make sure you rate and review on them. And make sure you slap a like on the video and subscribe on the YouTube channel. But uh, yeah, until next time, guys, all the best. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.